And we're back with the Reaction Podcast, where we react to what we hear on Sunday and talk about how we can apply the stuff that we're preaching through at church, at home, with our families. It's episode 10. That's right, episode 10. This is a, this is a milestone, right? We've gotten to double digits, so it's a big deal. We're out of, like, we can't name our episodes after Star Wars episodes anymore, right? We can't, because right. there's there will be no episode 10. You know, this coming December is episode 9, which is the rise of Skywalker. It's the end of the Skywalker saga. So there will be no more. So, you know, like episode 10, it's a big deal. I feel like we've accomplished something. I feel like we've, I feel like, you know, like maybe after this, we should go get some Waffle House or something like that. Like we, we owe it to ourselves. Yeah. Which we we're could, gonna, we're we gonna, could adopt the, uh, the, the Apple naming convention. This could be episode X. Yeah, that's right. Perhaps. Still pronounced yeah. 10, but on yeah, paper, that's good. it's episode X. I like that. You know, and yeah. we're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about Waffle House today. People don't realize that, that today unofficially episode X is sponsored by unofficially sponsored by Waffle House. Dedicated scattered, to you, Waffle House. Scattered, smothered, and covered. Let's do this thing. And Waffle House has been following me through ministry. Jesse DeYoung managed Waffle House. He right. was one of my, my early mentors, one of the reasons I'm a pastor today. And uh, he talked about it all the time. Yeah. Like his best stories were from Waffle House. What's your sure. what's your hash brown preference? Like when you when you go for Waffle House, what's your what's your go to like You know, I usually just get them plain. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I like some cheese, but I usually just order them plain. Yeah. I like I like plain. I just love potatoes. I'll get fries and mashed potatoes as my two sides at a lot of restaurants. Nice. So I really don't need anything. You're a starch guy. Yep. Yeah. Starch. What's the um, so scattered, smothered, and covered is like the is like the go to, mm-hmm. but one of those has got onions, right? Right. Yeah. So that's whatever that one is is one I don't like. It's probably covered, but I, I have think, no idea. I think it might be. So it's just scattered and smothered. That's like where they spread them out and they cover it in cheese. I'm good. Yeah. At that point, yeah. Yeah. You say no more. Add add nothing else. You mix some chocolate in there from your chocolate chip waffles. Of course, it's it even better. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Well, we're still in the motive series where we're talking about uh, why we do what we do at church, looking for the reasons why uh, in Scripture. And this week, uh, Taylor gave us a message on why we go to church. Yep. And a lot of people uh, may struggle with the idea of gathering corporately, with the idea of uh, needing to attend a service or a building or be a part of a community uh, in order to sustain their relationship with Jesus. And so we just talked about why church is important. Why did Jesus set this up uh, as a thing? And, uh, and why is it something that we, that we really push as being like essential to the following Jesus journey? Right. Um, and we both work at a church, so obviously we both have stories of, of how, we, how we arrived at church, how we reconciled maybe yeah. uh, with the idea of church. Uh, did, you ever, did you ever go through anything that kind of helps you empathize with people who are asking this question of, of why do we go to church? Yeah, you know, I think as we were you know, kind of kicking around ideas for today and, and, and stuff like that. Like the, just that, that question of like, okay, you and I both work here. We work for a church. So somehow we got connected and plugged in and church began to matter for us mm-hmm. at some point in our lives. Um, you know, I think for me, it was, it was less about the church as like a corporate gathering and more about, uh, for me, church was a place of community. It's where I, it's where I found community. Um, cause I walked away for church from church for a really long time. Yeah. Um, you know, from really, from about the time I was 12 or 13 um, till the end of high school, like that pretty formative years um, were, were spent intentionally in, in what I would call purposeful rebellion, right? Because um, I'd grown up in, in church. My dad was a worship pastor. Um, 
and and stuff like that. But um, you know, without going into it, it, we would need a whole separate podcast or two to kind of get in all the details. But the church that we were a part of went through a pretty nasty split. And for me, I'm watching all these people that I'd grown up with, and 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 at the time, you know, you're, when you're 13 years old, you, you know enough to be dangerous, but you also know so little at the same time that it's also equally dangerous. Um, for me, everything that people were saying is this church was going through this pretty nasty split, which my dad was kind of in the center of, and um, the you know I, I I saw the things that they were saying, you know, either to him or about him or about our family and some of the other families in the church and. Um, and, and, and all that. And, and I'm like, well, these people are, are, are like, if this is what these people are saying, and in my mind, they're always, it's like, these people speak, these people speak whatever God speaks, you know, which is not true. Um, cause I think, you know, God the whole time is, is going, I, I would never say that. Like, and I'm not saying that, but in my mind, in my 13 year old brain, it's like, these people are saying the things that God would say. And so if, if this is what God's people are like, this was be what God is like. So I'm out and, and really spent that next you know, few years just saying, look, if that's what God says to do, I'm going to do the opposite. Um, and it wasn't until I was, you know, almost, a, it was, I was into my junior year of high school that I finally got invited um, back to church and, and accepted the invitation very begrudgingly. In fact, I told the guy, his name is Daniel, who invited me to church, said, if I go with you, will you never ask me again? And he said, sure. Um, and it was, I mean, again, long story, super short. Um, you know, that night got to hear a guy talk about Jesus in a way that I'd never heard Jesus talked about before. Um, and it made sense to somebody who was hurt and lost and broken like me um, and and wanted to come back. I wanted to hear more. I didn't care so much about the band. I didn't care so much about the, the lights or, you know, what funny videos they played. I, I wanted to hear more about this Jesus guy and, and honestly was wanted to, wanted to be around more people like that. And so for me, that's really how I got involved in church. And, and from there, it, it's just, that's been kind of my same passion in terms of being in ministry is the same thing of going, man, we, the, the church is, is not, it's not just about what happens in an hour on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or whenever your church programming is right. It's, it's, it's about this gathering of people going, look, we, we're all hurt in some way, shape or form. We've got pain. We've got a past. We've got, you know, a, a story or whatever it may be, uh, or something that we're trying to get out from underneath. Um, or just, or maybe some of us are just looking for a better way, you know, and, and here it is. Um, let's, let's talk about that. You know, let's, let's be in community. You can't, you, we, we see, you know, even in the, if you get into the doctrine of creation, right, that we're not meant to be alone. All right. God looks at Adam and says, it's not good for Adam to be alone. I'm going to create for him a helper. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think that for me is the, the biggest thing about church is, is that's what it is for me. And that, that's what drew me back into church. Um, that's what I think my hope for the church as we go forward is that we can continue to be a gathering of messy people, um, looking for Jesus, um, looking to live the way that Jesus said to live, looking for a better way. So that's me. What about you? How about, how'd you get plugged into this, this church thing? I love that. I love that story. There's a huge point just off the top there. Like what, uh, what is the thing that brought you here? It was Daniel inviting you. How do you bring people to church? You invite them to church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for me, I don't know that it was ever a questioning of the value of like church with a capital C. Um, but right around mid to late college, I just fell out of love, uh, with the model of church that I knew. Mm. 
and I'd grown up kind of between small churches and in, in, in Southeast and had a lot of experiences of like these small churches not being led with a, a good model of, of elder oversight and that kind of thing and, and just messy things happening there, people getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being at Southeast and, and having some incredible relationships and some incredible experiences, but never feeling uh, connected in a way that that I just always knew the church was behind me or always knew that someone was there hmm. um, and, and ready to, to kind of receive me. Like I had that, that feeling of, of walking into a room and, and being like, does anyone in this room really know who I am? Yeah, yeah. Uh, moved away and, and went to a few different churches, and it was cool to kind of get some different experiences of, um, all right, now I get to actually step outside like what I've always known. But but even walked away from that, moved back to Louisville going, I don't think I've found any answers. Mm. I know that my personal relationship with Jesus needs to be restored, but I don't. I wasn't putting any stock in the church being the thing that would do that. Um, and so I just kind of came back with this big question mark of, is there a community out there that I can find that's going to fit my needs, that's going to fit my preferences, that's going to uh, you know, line up with my tastes uh, that then will help me get back to where I need to be with Jesus. I think that's kind of the mentality that I was in. Um, but just just out of almost convenience, uh, started going, oh, well, while I'm in this period of trying to figure that out, um, you know, I'll, I'll go to one of the Southeast campuses and I'll help with uh, students. And I, I feel like maybe I don't want to participate in the in the church yet that much, or I don't feel like it's going to feed me, but maybe I can feed them, right, uh, right. which is, a you know, in, in the rear mirror, a very backward mentality. Um, but through that process of starting to volunteer with students, very quickly fell back in love with the church, mm. um, not just with Southeast, definitely with Southeast, but also with this just idea of the church being uh the bride of Christ and, and a, a group of people that did become my family. Um, my personal relationship with Jesus in parallel with that was, was restored in a beautiful way. And all of these things lined up, but it was cool. I was, I was having a conversation about this yesterday with Johnny Mack and, and I said, that's where I was going, man, I don't know about the mega church. I don't know about this one particular place. I don't know if it lines up with my preference. Now I could easily sit on the other side of a table, the other side of that conversation with somebody and, and just describe this beautiful restoration that happened in this beautiful community that I found. And now I work here and, you know, that's, I guess that's yeah, like yeah. The, the multiplication of it. Um, but it was something that was definitely fully restored and, and, and became very beautiful before I did come on staff. Mm. Um, and it was cool to look back and be like, uh, you know, it, it's not about my preference and it's not about um, what I feel like I need to be fed, but this is something that I can choose to participate in. It's a family I can choose to, to be in. And, you know, that's how families work. You don't, you don't participate in your family uh, just for what it gives you. Right. You participate in your family because it's full of people you love. Uh, and that's what the church has become for me now. It's, it's a place that is full of people I love. And that's the first thing, which is, which yeah. is a, it's yeah. a cool place to be. That's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I like that, man. I, and I love that, just that, the thing of like, and I think a lot of us do kind of, you know, uh, I heard it, I heard, you know, a guy talk about church one time, like we pick churches, like we pick restaurants, you know, what's got the best food and the coolest vibe and, you know, gives us the best experience. And sometimes we do, we back into, like you're saying, like, you know, it's a very, it's a, I kind of backed into my love for the church. And a lot of us do that. You know, I think there's a lot of us that are like, Hey, I think this is, 
I mean, I like this and I like the way this building looks and I like the way the, you know, the, the lights are here. Or I like the way that this, and eventually what we find is we're connected to something a little bit deeper. And what we thought we were coming to, I think Cameron always says this really well. It's like, you know, for us, when we talk about high school ministry, it's not, it's not a service that you're a part of. It's a family that you belong to. But for a lot of us, the place we start is, yeah, well, it's a service that I came to. Yeah. And this person said this, or I like this song, or, or this person sang, you know, this way. And I was like, wow, I want more of that, you know? And, and so there's a part of that where, and, and this gets into, and we're not going to get into this today, but it gets into the whole, like, you know, attractional church versus missional church versus seeker driven. And, you know, these are all the yeah. How about buzzwords. a Jesus church? Yeah. How, how about, about that? Yeah. yeah how, about, <laughs> how about that works? How about that's That's Jesus, enough. Jesus did all those. Right? Yeah. 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 So. Um, you know, and I think that's the thing for us that like, we got to remember sometimes, I mean, Jesus was attractive. <laughs> I mean, he was attractive to people, uh, and he attracted people. Um, and, and, and so there's a part of that where it's like, yeah, people were drawn to Jesus, but Jesus was also seeking them on mission. And so at some point those two things have to meet. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I love that. I love that part of your story of like, Hey, this was like a, you know, I kind of backed my way into this thing, but ultimately what I found and what I discovered was, I mean, this is a family, like yeah. these, this is my family. Yeah. Um, and that's really what we're after. I think that's really what church is all about. Yeah. Yeah. It was a faith. It was a faith move. We'll talk more about this when we talk about doubt in a few weeks, but like you put the faith in to, to be like. I'm going to trust Paul. I'm going to go for this. Right. Jesus will answer that. You know, community may not seem attractive because you might feel like you're more comfortable alone. Uh, but if you're willing to even back into it, uh, I think Jesus has it's a beautiful restoration. He has beautiful community. He has people who want to love you, uh, which is really, really cool. And and speaking of the Jesus Church, I think starting at the end of Taylor's sermon and working backwards, like, yeah. one of the things that she said was like Jesus has to be the one reason right. that we go to church. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a pretty simple answer. Like to the the answer to the question, why do we go to church is Jesus. Like it's a place to communion with him to commune with him. It's a family of people to do that with. Um, so that's the overarching thing. Like we go to church because of Jesus. Right. Uh, what were some of the other kind of sub points within that? What are some of the expressions of that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Taylor did an awesome job on Sunday. I mean, she's, you know, every time that, every time she gets up to, to, to preach anymore, I, you know, I just, am, I'm, I lean in, you know, to what she, she's, walking us through because she just does a great job of, of, of really diving in and, 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 you know, hitting some things I think that really matter and resonate not only with our students, but hopefully, I mean, if they're adults in the room, I mean, I, I caught, I caught the first half of her message during the nine o'clock service and I caught the last half of her message during the 1115 service. So I kind of pieced the two together. And, um, but you know, some of the points that she made and, and some of the notes she gave us is, you know, the first thing is we gather to be reminded of who we are and whose we are. You know, and I think that's, you know, because there is a there is a piece of this, um, and it's not to say that Jesus lives in the church, right? And I think there's some part of us somewhere that we believe it's like, well, you know, when I leave on when I come in on Sunday morning, Jesus is there to greet me, and when I leave on Sunday morning, he stays, you know, back in the. It's like Jesus lives in the auditorium of the block. Uh, yeah. That's not true, um, but there is a, there is a a certain deal that that happens like when we all come together. And everybody's walking in, whether whether they're coming in because they want to be there or they're coming in, in our case, because mom and dad brought them and they've got no other choice. Um, there is, there's an expectation at some point to go, all right, we're coming to church, right? We're coming to hear about Jesus. We're coming to sing about Jesus. You know, in some way, shape or form, we're going to bump into him. Um, and and so there is this expectation of I'm going to bump into Jesus. Well, the thing about bumping into Jesus is, is always, he's always going to, like, even we see this in, in scripture, he gets to the heart of who we are. 
right? And so there's a part of that where we get to come in and learn who we are. When you, when you come to church, when we gather at church, and we say it like this in high school ministry, we just want to get people in Jesus in the same room so they can work stuff out, right? Um, and so that's going to happen, and, and Jesus is going to jump into your business. And so, you know, when we come to church, we gather because we learn more about who we are. You're going to learn more about who you are. Uh, but we also learn about whose we are. And so this is the thing I love about, you know, as we as we talk about the gospel, as we talk about a Jesus church um, that doesn't matter how messy or broken you are or what's in your story or what's in your past, Jesus still says, you belong to me. You know, you're the one that I'm after. Um, and so those are the, that was those, the, the two first points that, that Taylor made yeah. on there's, Sunday was who we are and whose we are, and I think those are huge. Yeah, there's not a lot of places elsewhere where you're getting that message of here's who you are, right? Right. Like you're getting a lot of false messages of sure. here's who you are, here's who you should be, here's who other people want you to be. Yeah, here's who you better be. Who you should try to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like we get that all day, every day. We get that on Instagram, we get that on TV. We get that from our friends. We get that from everybody. Uh, there's not a lot of places that remind us who we are and whose we are. There's scripture, there's prayer, and there's church. Like these are the moments uh, that, that we really have opportunities to hear that. And that might be, for some people, uh, the only time in the week that they hear that. And yeah. hopefully that's not the story for everybody. And hopefully that changes the more time you spend in church and in community and in scripture. Um, but for a lot of people, like this is going to be the first time, the first room where they hear that spoken over them. Yeah, yeah. And so I think those things, you know, the, those first two points that she made, I think were huge. And then, you know, she kind of went from there to say, like, this is a callback some to what Nick was talking about last week in terms of uh, when you think about worship as a rehearsal for eternity. I mean, Taylor said on Sunday, and I, I love this, she said, it's, it reminds us that this is not our home, right? And so we, we read that in Scripture, that, that our citizenship, right, where we belong, the thing that says this is who I am, um, like if we had a passport, or, you know, our passport would say citizen of heaven, mm-hmm. right? Where our citizenship is not here, but it's in heaven. And so it just, it reminds us like, man, this is not, like this is not our home. We've said this in, in HSM in the past that for those of us that, that believe in Jesus, this life and this world, uh, this is as close to hell as we're going to get, right? And it just is the truth. Like, and, and it, there's difficulties and some days it feels like hell, right? It does. I get that. But this is as close to hell as we're going to get. And so it should, when we step into church, it should remind us like, oh man, this is like, this is what it's going to be like. Um, and, and there's a, there's a beauty in that. Um, and, and then I think that the flip side of that too is, and, and where that should motivate us is that for people who are not believers in Jesus, this life and everything that comes with this life is as close to heaven as they're going to get. Yeah. You know, and so like for, for more of it, it should, that should motivate us. Um, but it goes back to even what Nick was saying about worship is kind of rehearsal for eternity. Like this is, this is practice, yeah. uh, but this is not our home. Um, and then she also said, you know, the, the thing too is that church is a place of encouragement. And the thing about encouragement that I love is when we think about encouragement and what that means, it's like, you know, we talk about building people up and, and all that kind of stuff. But the word encouragement really means to place courage in someone. So, you know, I am looking at a group of students on Sunday mornings or we're looking at a group of students on Sunday mornings. But parents, I think this is a great thing for you as you look at your kids. It's like you've got life experience that they don't have. You know, Mike, with your creative students and the students that you lead, you've got life experience that they don't have. I've got life experience that our students don't have and, and stuff like that. And so we can take some of the courage that we have, that, that we've been given, right, as, as God's led us through different seasons and trials and things in our lives, and take some of that courage and place it in them to say, like, I'm going to encourage you uh, to be able to tackle something you thought was impossible or be able to do something you didn't think you were able to do. And so church does that for us. It's, it's a place that, that we get 
encouraged, not just by one another, um, but by the Holy Spirit and by the Father and by the truth that, you know, that comes from, from Scripture. And you know, the Scripture that, that Taylor read on Sunday, which I thought was awesome, what she unpacked comes out of Hebrews. It says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, hope being a big word, for he who promised is faithful, talking about God. Um, and then it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together not giving up meeting together, uh, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. And so what we get from that is like, you know, especially as we read that last part, all the more as you see the day approaching. The author of Hebrews and and, and so many of the authors, the New Testament authors, they, they had the same view in that, you know, they said like basically we're in the in-between, right? Jesus has come. He's established the kingdom, right? He's inaugurated the kingdom. The kingdom is now at hand. It's alive within us. And so, like, we need to continue to meet together and encourage one another all the more as we look forward to the day that Jesus comes back, yeah. right? Um, and, and so I think that's a, that's a big deal, uh, yeah. that, that that's in, like, we are encouraged to not give up meeting together, but to continue to meet together to spur one another on towards love and good deeds, um, and, and to encourage one another. Um, and so, you know, I think that's a, that's a huge deal uh, for us. And then the last thing Taylor talked about was that we come to church to be a family. Um, we talked about some of this in our preaching team meeting last week, but the, the word church, you know, that we use church comes from a German word. Uh, but the word church that Jesus used, uh, comes from the word ecclesia or ecclesia, uh, it's where you get Ecclesiastes from. Uh, and that word doesn't mean church in the same way that we think, like church, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door, see all the people, right? That's not what the word Ecclesia literally means a group or a gathering. And so when Jesus, you know, is in Caesarea Philippi with his disciples and, and he says, on this rock, I will build my church. It's the word ecclesia, which means on this rock, my fa- this will be my family. I will build my family. I will build my group. I will build my people. Yeah. Um, and and so that's really what that 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 word even means. Um, and so I think it's important for us to remember that, like that that the word church that Jesus used didn't mean a building. It didn't mean an establishment or an organization. It meant a group of people, you know, a group of people that are known for something or set apart, you know, by something. It's yeah, we're known for being believers in Jesus and we are set apart by him. Right. Um, and so I think that's a big deal for us. So those are kind of our main points. We're reminded of who we are and whose we are. We're reminded this is not our home. We are encouraged. Uh, we're a family. And ultimately, like, like you said, that the most important point is because of Jesus. Yeah. Right. That's why we do this, this church thing. Yeah. I love those points. I love that scripture. I, I think it, it implies that there is this human temptation to be inconsistent. Right. And that's this thing throughout scripture. It's, it's like, we are inconsistent in our faithfulness to to God, and He's faithful back to us. Um, but there's a temptation to not be consistent in meeting. It says, as some in that are in the habit of doing, like don't give up meeting. Even back then, when culture was a more communal culture, they were being tempted to give up sure. this meeting uh, that was supposed to happen regularly. And 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 imagine now, like we're even less of a communal culture. We we have even more of a mentality of kind of you know opening our garage door, backing out our car, and coming back to the same place, closing our garage door at the end of the day. Like culture is is even more individualistic, even more siloed. We have even more options uh, as to how we can spend our time and and smaller groups to spend it with and digital connections so we don't even have to like group up but we can just speak to people through the the screen as as kind of a a pass-through mechanism and so 
we which have doesn't this, work, right. Right? right? Right. So that you know, that's the the thing of you know the 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 quote and the stat for the you know that that digital the digital connection is you know they they look at this current generation and say they're the most connected, but yet of all the generations in the past, they're the ones that that claim to feel the most alone yeah. and the most isolated. Yeah. So yeah, you can have the digital connection, you can have the 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 text stream, you can have the group text, you can have the FaceTime, you know, where you're actually seeing a person, you know, through through the the screen, but yet that that's no substitute for actually meeting together and yeah. being the family. Yeah. I think if you question that, like spend an hour with, with a group of people and see how much you remember of that hour the next day and then spend an hour scrolling through Instagram and see how much of that hour you remember. Like you're not going to be able to name hardly anything you saw on Instagram, but you're going to be able to recall moment after moment after moment of meaningful interaction yeah. uh, from spending time with, with a group of people. Uh, so it's describing that, that scripture is describing this temptation um, not to meet together uh, but what I think is, is cool when we think of it as something that reminds us that we're not home yet is we talk a lot about bringing kingdom culture to where we are now. Mm-hmm. Like we're not just waiting. We're not just stagnant. We're not just doing nothing and spinning our wheels until we get to heaven. We are trying to bring the, the culture of a kingdom, the culture of heaven, the culture of Jesus to where we're at. And I think it's helpful to think of the church as a cultural center. Uh, like we are going to be receiving messages and culture um, and artifacts of things that aren't necessarily like inherently sinful, but they're distracting and they're noisy. They're fragmented um, from the things that we consume. But when we gather at the cultural center that is church, it's a place to gather and celebrate this kingdom culture that we're trying to bring to earth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great way to speak back to people who are like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with Jesus and I'm okay with everything he teaches. I'm okay with the ideas that he promotes. I'm just not okay with the church and the expression of church and the people mm-hmm. that I've seen at church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that's tough when you've got bad, negative, burning experiences with church or church people. That's hard to reconcile. Uh, but but following Jesus is about bringing the culture of Jesus to earth, and church is a beautiful cultural center for that. It's, yeah. it's a place that we uh, work on ideas together. It's a place that we express our worship together. It's a place that we that we uh, that we make art, that we that we preach truth, that we study scripture, that we figure out and solve problems, that we pool our resources to be able to address hmm. uh, things in the community and to be able to care for people. And as all of that happens, like there is genuinely this culture that is built uh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And and I think that is that is a very important lens to, to view the church through. I love even too earlier in Hebrews, in Hebrews three, it says, But encourage one another daily as long as as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Like it's almost a place to keep our hearts soft because we are constantly gonna be deceived by that serpent going, Are you sure yeah. that's the best way to yeah. live? Yeah. Right? Because we see the car ad or we see the the things that the family down the street, uh, you know, are buying or wearing to school or participating in, and and we we look in the mirror and we look at how we look and how we appear and everything, sure. and we constantly hear that message of, are you sure the kingdom culture that you subscribe to, are you sure the Jesus ideas that seem attractive to you, are the best ideas? Right, and it's really really hard to stay in love with the ideas of Jesus if you're not in community with other people who are also in love with those ideas, who are right. also celebrating those ideas. Yeah. Because what you celebrate 
is the thing that's going to stay your reality, right? Yep. In the 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 most basic form of celebration is just how you spend your time. And so if you're never spending your time in a place where other people are celebrating Jesus, how are you going to continue to celebrate Jesus in your life? Yeah, that's a great point, man. That's a that's a super great point. And I think that that um, you know, when we 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 talk about like the um there's this rise currently in um in our culture and in our society it's the rise of the nuns and it's not nun like where's a habit you know right, like the flying nun. yeah it's not like it's not like that it's n o n e like nun um and so where this comes from is that they you know as they do these census censuses um censuses i'm not sure since i um as they've done these things, right? They've, they've asked people and they ask people, what's your religious preference? You know, do you have a religious preference? Um, and the fastest growing group of people right now currently are people that are checking the nun box. I don't have one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting thing about this is that, you know, I listened to the guy, I listened to a guy, um, his name's Ed Stetzer. He was in charge of research for, um, you know, he's in, in with Barna and, and stuff like that. Now he, he um, is at uh, Wheaton College up in uh, up in Chicago. But um, he, you know, he talks about the rise in the nuns and what what what's happened is there's this peel back effect. And so, you know, a group of there's been a, a, a group of people that have left and say, I don't have I have no connection with church, no religious affiliation. Uh, and when when they left, what they proved to the people, to the next group of people, uh, which you would call, like we would call them the Christerins, right? They come to church at Christmas and Easter. Um, yeah. Like they said, okay, well, if they if they went and they, like a rock didn't fall on their head, right? Uh, they survived. Well, then we're gone too. And and then when when that group peeled off, then you've got like the what we would call like the familial Christians or like the casual, like it's like I go because my mom tells me to go or I go because it's what we were like they've now. And so it's like, you've got this, this peel back effect and it's, he really breaks it down into four quarters, like 25%, 25%, 25%. And, and that first 25% said we're out. And then the next 25% said, well, they survived. We can go too. And the next 25% said, well, they survived. We can go too. And now you're left with really the, the 25% that's left are the, the committed believers, right? Those are said, no, we, we, we want to continue to go to church, but that's it. Yeah. You know, like that's really kind of what we're, when you talked about the church being like the center of culture, like that's, that's called Christendom, right? That's the, the technical term for that is, you know, the church used to be the center of culture where, you know, ch- uh, the first thing you would build when you built a town was the church because the church was the center. It told us all how to live. Um, and that's no longer the case. Even in, when you go to certain parts of the United States, like the Northwest or the Northeast, and it's like, you can, it's completely post-Christian uh, or post-Christendom. That's now starting to bleed into, you know, that squishy middle of the United States that we call the Bible Belt. Well, we're, we're starting to see that. Um, we're starting to see that happen, that we don't live in a, in a culture of Christendom anymore. Uh, and if you ask people, like, is Jesus the issue? No, Jesus isn't the issue. Well, what's, your, what's the problem? The problem is the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think that the answer to that question, you know, what do we say to those people that, that say, I don't have a problem with your Jesus. I have a problem with your church, you know, which is Gandhi said that. Like, it's not your Jesus that I have an issue with. It's it's the Christians, right? It's the believers that I have an issue with. Um, 
And I think the answer to that question is we've got to stop thinking about church as a place that we go, and we have to start thinking about it like Jesus intended as a family that we are, right? That's the truth. Like church is not a place that you go to. It is it is something that you belong to, right? This is a family that you're a part of, um, which means our, our mission as believers is not to go to church. It's to be the church. It just so happens that going to church fuels a little bit of being the church. Yeah. Uh, so you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, well, I'm going to be the church, and in order for me to be the church, I'm not going to go to church anymore. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the thing for us is we've got to get, well, I went to church, check mark, you know, check the box, I'm done. Uh, that's not how it works. Like, that's not what Jesus intended. Um, it wasn't an intention for him, you know, for us to just go someplace for one hour a week, check a box, and go back to the way we used to live. Um, that's not how it works. Um, that's not where transformation comes from. And so I think for us, as we begin to think through, so how do, what do we do with the rise of the nuns and the fact that, you know, we're kind of left now with this, this smaller group of committed believers? Well, at some point, we've got to stop looking at the church as a fortress, you know, like where the, we build our walls really high uh, and go, no, 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 it's, it's time for us to, to stop going to church. Uh, just to go to church, and it's time to start being the church and allowing our experience inside church to to be the launch pad. It's not a finish line, right? It's not the finish line. It's not where it ends. It's, rally point. it's where it starts. Yeah, it's yeah. the rally point. It's that we're going to come back together. We're going to charge each. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to hear some truth. Uh, we're going to, you know, and that's the thing I love about our, our you know, even our our preaching and teaching here is it's it's biblical it's truth it's not and it's truth sometimes it doesn't feel good it's like we're not just preaching prosperity um you know here and and it's it's real truth and sometimes it steps on your toes and sometimes you walk out of church going that hurt a little bit and yeah like people walked away from jesus all the time um so you know i i think that's we have to start looking at it that way of going man i'm going to church today um, not so that I can sit at the buffet and order and grab the menu and order what I want, but I'm here today to rally together with my family so that now I've got the courage and the fuel and the drive to go into my place of business, to go into school, to go into my neighborhood and be the church. Yeah. I think that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Going to church should feel like going home. Yeah. I, that's that's my prayer for people is that that's what it would feel like because it's easy to understand the concept of why you go home every night. If you were to seek shelter in other places, it's never going to be quite as comfortable as it is at home. And the people that are going to be around you are never going to be quite as familiar as the people that are at home. Uh, and, and just everything about it, the essence of it is going to be less comfortable than if you're at home. Uh, and so, man, I hope that people feel like when they come to church, they're coming home. If that's not you, I would say, like, let that be the starting question. Like, we would love to sit down and just hear you say out loud, like, I don't feel that. I don't feel like I'm at home when I'm at church. Man, we would love to. We'd love to hit that head on. We'd love to rally around you. We'd Absolutely. love to. We'd love to show you where that home is, uh, because that's what it should feel like. Yeah. You know, I, if I had to describe it to somebody, um, you know, what should my experience of church be? It should be like it should be that same feeling when you get home from a camping trip or a business trip or a long day out at work or school. You sink into the couch. Your family's around you, and you're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. This is what life is supposed yeah, to feel you like. You don't have to be somebody else. I mean, that's the, the for me, man, I know that like that's the thing when I go home, it's like, oh, like, I mean, even, even as a pastor, I mean, there's times that you got to put it, like, you got to, you got to wear your game face. Yeah. And a lot of us, we wear our game faces, you know, and it's like, we wear those things all the time and, but we finally get to take them off at home. Yeah. 
that should be church. You yeah. don't have to be somebody else. Yeah. You don't have to put on an act. You don't have to be somebody you're not. Um, we don't ask anybody to leave their mess at the door, right? Bring it in. Yeah. Bring it in. We want your mess yeah. in the same way that Jesus wants your mess. Like, and we want your mess. It's okay. And we help people We help people understand this analogy of home because home is comfortable. For some people, they don't have that comfort at home, and that's something that Taylor talked about in her sermon, too, when yeah. she was speaking yeah. to the family point. Like, we go to church to be a family, for some people, that means it's a support structure for your immediate family, and it's something that's going to build up what's already there and these connections that you have. For some people, they don't have family. That doesn't exist. They don't have yeah. home that's comfortable. And in that instance, church can fill that gap yep. that's never been filled. Church can be that thing uh, and that place where it is the only place that you feel comfortable. And so that's beautiful, too, for those that, that don't feel that when they go to their, their small physical home. Yeah, yeah. So I know we, uh, we're probably close on time, right? We probably, oh, we are. We, we've probably gone over. Um, but just to kind of wrap up, um, you know, I think, you know, like we said, like the church is a family, and, and whether you've got a good family or you don't, um, from a family standpoint, the church is a place that can strengthen uh, something maybe in your family that's weak. Um, it's a place that you can, you can learn how to grow together. Dads can learn how to be better dads. Uh, moms can learn how to be better moms. Kids can learn how to actually like their parents, you know, um, things like that. I mean, there's opportunities to, to learn and grow in those areas. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's, it's not a building, it's a people. Um, and we're instructed to be the church. And, and so something that I just had written down from a notes perspective is, you know, we think about hospitality, the root word of hospitality is hospital. And so how can we take this home? Um, hospitality is a really easy way. It puts flesh and blood on the gospel. Um, and I, I always come back to this phrase, you know, of people don't care about what you know until they know that you care. Um, and so for, for, for families, what I would love to see families do is just talk about, I mean, how can we be hospitable? Uh, how can we not be the family that pulls into our driveway, puts the garage door down, and nobody sees us again? You know, like, don't come on, like, stay off my lawn. Yeah. You know, like that. How can we not be those, like, let's change the game a little bit. Uh, what does it look like for us to reach out to our neighbors and invite them in and love them extravagantly? Um, we're not just going to grill, you know, cheap frozen hamburgers and, you know, no, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna feed you a steak dinner tonight. Why? Because we love you. Um, but even beyond that, too, like the root word being of, hospital, of hospitality being hospital, I mean, the church should be that, too. Like, we should be the kind of place that, that we, it's extravagant hospitality, where that you, when you walk in, and a hospital is a place where someone is cared for and made well. Uh, you have the opportunity to be cared for and be made well in this place. Um, and the same, go thing, same goes for the pastors. I mean, the, the, I think this is, um, you know, we often think of pastors as, as, you know, as the doctors, as the caregivers. But for me, even as a pastor, the, the, church, is, the church should be a place where even the doctors get to be patients, yeah. you know, and, and things like that. And so, you know, I think for us, it's like the, the time has come for us to drop the religious junk, right? And, and, and let's just step into a relationship with Jesus and help others do the same. And the way that we're going to do that is to be more like him. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll close with this last story because um, we said Waffle House is our sponsor. I got an email from a mom today. Um, that uh, was just sharing with me how, you know, her son had an opportunity to go to one of our groups, and after group, they went to a Waffle House uh, with one of the leaders and some students, and, um, you know, as they're sitting there around hash browns and waffles and, and all that kind of stuff, they're, they're talking about Jesus. They're having a Jesus conversation, and, you know, her son gets in the car to drive home and says, man, I've never heard anybody talk about Jesus the way I hear my leader talk about Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's that's it, man. Like that. There's not. 
it's not religious mumbo jumbo. It's not. Um, it, it isn't. It's. It's not. It's just here. We, it's not in a sanctuary. It's not. Um, you know, a professional Christian, even at this point, having this conversation. It's not a, a thousand. You know, thousands of people sitting and listening to one person speak. It's. It's one person just sharing about Jesus in front of some. You know, over some coffee and waffles. And for that student, it's like I've never heard that. It clicked. You know, that night for him, it clicked. I've never heard anybody talk about Jesus that way. The same can be said for our dinner, for our, our our living rooms, our our kitchen tables, our dining room tables, our back porches, um, fire pits, front yards, driveways, whatever it is. It can be that can be that Waffle House table, where your neighbor, where your friend, where someone who you know in your neighborhood can go. I've never heard somebody talk about Jesus that way before. Uh, and it's not about all the you shoulds and you shouldn'ts and you better and all that. It's now let me just tell you about my relationship with Jesus. Um, that's the thing I think is so captivating for people. And so that's really what it comes down to. How do we become the church? How do we be the church? We get people in the same room with Jesus and we let them work it out. Now, the same room with Jesus doesn't have to be a building on a campus. Uh, It can be your living room. It can be your kitchen. It can be your back porch. Um, I think that's an important thing because all of us carry the presence of the Holy Spirit right within us, and so any any place we go, that's the same room with Jesus. Yeah. Um, now that again, that's not an excuse to say I don't have to go to church anymore. No, like well, we we've already established the fact that the church is your launch pad, and you can't get out it. You can't launch without a launch pad, right? So you need the church uh, in order to do that. But it is time for us to stop going to church and to be the church. Um, I think that's a huge deal for us. So that's the challenge I think this week for families is to to look into to what that looks like for them. You know, what does it look like to create that environment uh, in your driveway, in your front yard, your backyard, your living room, your porch, your kitchen table? Who needs to be invited into your home and loved in the same way that Jesus would love? Um, I think that's a huge deal. How can you be hospi- how can you be hospitable uh, to care for someone and make them well? To be willing to step into the mess of you know, the, yeah, the messy family that all we hear them next door, they yell and they fight and they cuss and they drink and they smoke and all that. Like, yeah, they do. And those would be the ones Jesus said, I came here for them. Yeah. Right. So how do we do that? I think that's the thing is invite them into your home. Like yeah. Daniel invited me to church. Invite them. It starts with an invitation. I yeah. think that's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. In summer, go out, find some people they need to be cared for. Show them what this family is all about. And then come home. Come to church. Come Bring home. with you. We'd yeah. love to help you care for them. That's that's what the church is. Yeah. A bunch of people who love Jesus, and uh, everybody needs to be a part of it. 